Welcome everyone to the Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast. On this show, every week we discuss a movie and then one of us suggests the next movie for us to discuss. All of the movies are available from the major streaming services so you can participate with us. I'm your host, Dale Maxfield. I'm joined this week by Aaron Caldwell. Hello. Alicia Walker. Hello. Josh Dean. Hello. Nathan McKinney. Hello. And Zach Rowland. Hey! And today's movie was suggested by Aaron. It is Picnic at Hanging Rock from 1975. We're going to talk about that in a bit, but first we're going to talk about what we've been watching lately. Nathan, what have you been watching lately? Well, I have been uh, working through my 31 days of Halloween-ish horror type movies. Um, I've got another slot of those to talk about. Um, The first one is Cat People. Um, which is the old version of Cat People, not the newer version. Although I had just recently watched the newer version, so David Bowie was in my head regardless while I was watching the old one. Um, Reanimator, which I had never seen before. Good one. Oh man. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm ca- I'm crossing stuff off I've never seen before that you guys are probably like, boy, it's about damn time. Uh, the Blob. Which uh, one? Which one? I. Th- think the 60s one 50, yeah 50, 56 yeah. or something yeah. it's pretty good enjoyed it more more for like the camp than anything yeah um uh dr sleep which was one i had seen but i gotta say that's a damn good movie i i i didn't think it was bad the first time and it, it's not weathered poorly at all i i quite enjoy it so i love that movie um this one's kind of like a, a not so scary one but i uh, we watched uh, nightmare before christmas which I enjoyed thoroughly. Sure. Still counts. Um, and I'm one day behind, but I'm not sure if I want to count it or not, because I did watch part three of the famous trilogy of terror, uh, the episode about the scary, <laughs> highly racist monster child that attacks the woman in the apartment. Have you guys seen Is that this? the one with Karen Black? Yes, yes. Karen Black. Yeah, That's a great one. It's kind of famous. Uh. Um, infamous, maybe. Um, it's it's pretty on point, but it's also damn silly. <laughs> well, I should ask, did you guys uh, end up deciding to do a, a trial on Shutter? No, not yet. We haven't yet. Maybe we'll have to do it this week for the, since it's a one week trial and it's Halloween this week, maybe that's what we do. Yeah. And I, you know, honestly, I'm kind of running out of gas. I've got like six more movies to watch and i it might be nice to pick some easier ones like uh nightmare on elm streets or something like that or quite frankly just hammer down a bunch of old universal monster movies or something so or you could go and uh, pick through the back catalog of joe bob's last drive-in and watch some (laughs) seriously fun movies with him um i mentioned it because reanimator is a movie that he uh has hosted yeah, and that was the Na- first time that I had seen it was when he hosted it. So, Nathan, have you seen Sleepaway Camp? Ah, <laughs> uh, you know we've got a friend that's mentioned that to us as like I you need to watch it. that, and and actually we've invited her to come watch a movie with us this week. That might be yeah. in what we end up watching. Watch so. the Joe Bob version. Oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. It, All right. You, ha- you have it. to. It, you have it, to. You must. You will impress your friends remember- so much. I don't remember a ton about it because it's been a few years since I saw it, but I remember it's got James Earl Jones's brother, who I think the only other thing I remember him in is The Sting. But uh, yeah, James Earl. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Not. Um, I'll think of his name later. He's but, like the yeah. the cook or something. Cook. Yes. Yeah. Yes. One last thing I'll mention. I I have started the Haunting of Bly Manor, or whatever the heck it's called, on Netflix. Okay. I'm having a hard time keeping up with it and staying with it because it's it's really not nearly as good as the original series that they did. I don't know if anybody else has watched any of that has an opinion, but I'm like three in so far and that's, I, I don't feel like really compelled to get, you know, through it. That's about where I am too. Yeah. Okay. Aaron? So it's not just me. <laughs> yeah. Um recently uh, watched the new Halloween uh, hangout or hideaway, whatever it was called with Joe Bob hideaway. this past week. Um, <laughs> caught up on a couple movies I hadn't seen in a while, specifically um, Hack-A-Lantern. What a great movie Dear that God. is. 
I completely forgot that movie existed until he said it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Um, it, yeah, it, it's, it's it's a so uh, bad it's good movie. It's wonderful. It's wonderful, and uh, everybody should watch it at some point. Um, You're the devil's watched, son. <laughs> right, the music alone is worth the trip. Um, watched that. Uh, been watching a bunch of horror movies lately. Watched the fantastic Jason Takes Manhattan. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's so good. It's so it, good. It's so not. <laughs> it's. I mean, like. It's Jason takes forever on a boat. Yeah, it really is. Everything he does in this movie takes like 10 hours. And when he finally gets there, it's Vancouver. <laughs> Was it really? Yeah, it really is. Because they, they do a lot of panning shots of Times Square. They did one and, night of shooting in Times Square. And, okay. whole, and anything with, with Jason in it is in Vancouver. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. As uh, someone it, who's filmed plates for other movies in New York that did not get shot in New York, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. It's such a bad movie. Yes. And and you can see why they ended up selling Friday the 13th to New Line Cinema. Um, outside of that, uh, we watched Doctor Sleep last week um every time i watch this movie it just gets better in my opinion like i, I absolutely love it uh, I, i'm not i'm not sure who did the directing but he killed uh they killed it and it, it was just a fantastic movie if you haven't seen it i definitely suggest it did you watch the theatrical or the extended on hbo um, I have the Blu-ray and it came with the extended and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. So, I need to go back and watch the theatrical cause I've only seen the extended. Hmm. So the one that's on HBO is extended. There's two options. You have to go to the extras, um, like extras to see the extended version. You oh, probably watch it. Yeah. HBO <laughs> always does that. All the alien movies are like that too. Yeah. It doesn't add too much. So you didn't miss much if you didn't watch it. Um, I think there's just more stuff that happens in the overlook yeah. in the extended version, essentially. Okay. The, the movie does a fantastic job of being a sequel to both the book and the film and the Kubrick film. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. It's just yeah. so great. I was having a conversation with one of my employees the other day about this and, and he was wondering about whether the, the film was a sequel to the book or the Kubrick film. And I was like, kind of both. Yes. And so, yeah. Um, but we had a pretty good discussion about it just in general between the two of us. Like, I think the, cause I was going to go see the re-release of, um, um, oh shit. Now I forgot the, the original. Shining. The shining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The shinning. Uh, Do you want to get never seed? seen it? I've never seen it all the way through in its entirety. I've only seen clips and stuff, but I've seen. Oh my God. Yeah. I know. Ooh. You've I know. Never, wait, you've never seen Kubrick's Shining? Not not all the way through as one piece, no. You Dale oh. has left. That's right. Dale didn't drop the mic, he dropped his headphones I, and left. No. He's, he's gonna send you a new laptop uploaded with the shining. He's you, you know what? He's walked out of the building <laughs> with all the movies I had not seen before this month. I can't sit and gripe at you at all, but you got to see The Shining, man. Yeah, no, I no, know. I, and that's what I wanted to go see it in the movie theater because I was like, how cool would that be to actually see it in a movie theater? And there, it's it a, good. yeah, so. Here's an um, interesting thing. Um, back in the late 90s, Stephen King <laughs> asked uh, Stanley Kubrick's family if he could have the have permission because they bought 100% the film rights to the shining. Um, so he had to ask permission to film his own version of the shining. And they made a made for TV movie. It aired over two nights and it had Steven Weber in it. And I think Rebecca de Mornay. And it That's sucks. Right. Uh, it, I mean, if it's you like, if you like the book, it's just fine. 
Um, but it it's definitely hurts for being on TV. Is is Steven Weber that threatening of a presence? He's okay. Surprisingly, yeah, he does a he does a pretty good job. He does a better job than the the stand-in for Jack Nicholson and Doctor Sleep. Isn't that Henry Thomas? It's Henry Thomas. Yeah. 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 I, I did think that was a little jolting where they're like recast everyone when they did the yeah. That, of that's it. maybe like, the only part that kind of bothers me about it. Yeah. You know what though? Like about halfway through, I got I got over it, and like the lady who plays Wendy is actually pretty good. It's pretty Doctor Sleep. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the the guy that plays Scatman. He's pretty oh, good too, really. Yeah, yeah. Carl yeah Lumbly, the Scatman guy is pretty good. Carl Lumbly like was awesome. I didn't think the person they got to play Wendy Torrance looked anything like Shelley. Oh, I thought Duvall. she was pretty good. She, you wouldn't want to find someone that looked just like her, but she sure sounded Oof. like her. Like when, <laughs> where there's a part where like she's calling across the street, Danny, Danny, and she sounds oh, yeah. just like her. It's almost like maybe you pulled it from the original movie. I don't know. Mm, maybe but. they did. Yeah. Um, Zach, what have you been watching? Uh, on Netflix, checking out the new Unsolved Mysteries. Um, they're not bad, but uh, I think the the what's the narrator's I watched name all from of the original? Too. Robert Stack yeah. was the original, and then yeah, Dennis like, Farina took over when they rebooted it in the two thousands. Yeah, I mean, without the narrator part, I think it doesn't feel as much like Unsolved Mysteries, but the stories are still interesting. So I thought that they were. It, good and they're they're like netflix docu style you know yeah um so a little different but they've still- kept the uh the pattern of having five out of the six episodes be about things that happened and one of them being about scary ghosts or ufos yeah <laughs> it's like i got about halfway through the the tsunami ghosts episode and it's like nope next <laughs> yeah, that's actually the first one that I watched. So I was like, "Oh, well, all of them are going to be like this." But then I watched the um, the like missing daughter, uh, yeah. which I thought was a pretty interesting case. And then I watched the missing um, DC insider guy or whatever, the yeah. general or captain. And I thought that one was also pretty interesting too. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are the only ones I, I need to get through the rest of them. But I feel like they're still pretty interesting. They're pretty solid overall. Yeah. Uh, and then I watched um, uh, the uh, the Borat sequel on Amazon. I did I like. too. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I, I loved it. I thought it was really good. Like I loved the original Borat film, but I think this one had so much more purpose and intent. Um, and like it was still disgusting, and there were parts that were very hard to watch. But man, so and I actually um, I on Twitter saw one of the, when he filmed part of it at one of the rally things that he does. Yeah, uh, he goes to like I saw them talking about it on Twitter like and when he was in Galveston or something. Yeah, like people were super outraged when they figured out what was going on, and then like how l- much uh, like the links of his security has to go through, and they were like blocking the people who were running the rally, and they tried to turn off his. Uh, microphone and but they had like a workaround for it It was like it's insane how they do what they do with what he does i wonder Um, how much of it was changed by coronavirus because coronavirus becomes like a major plot point Mm -hmm. um and there's also like uh at least a couple of of bits of it that are like there's that part where he uh he asks those two uh I don't remember where he was at the time, but he like runs into some guy coming out of a grocery store and asks if they can stay with them. Yeah. And so he's like in quarantine with these two random guys. Uh. (laughs) I mean, things unfolded really quickly. I mean, when we started getting it in the U S so they have that scene where Pence is talking about, Oh, it's only a few cases. All it's all fine and good. And, and he has several scenes right after that. So I'm thinking, they must have seen it coming because I, I think we could see it coming to the point where we thought there might be some sort of like shutdown or lockdown. Well, I would imagine that the last out. 30 minutes of the movie were reshot during the quarantine. Yeah, almost I feel like some of it. If, it, if right. it had been shot already, it may not have been done by that time. So, yeah, yeah I definitely feel like some of the production started prior to the United States getting the wave of coronavirus happening. But then definitely you could tell that there was, cause that the rally that he goes to that he sings at 
uh, was in June. Like I, cause that's when I saw it on Twitter. Oh, okay. So he definitely did film it in June. So that part was filmed at that point. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But and I'm um, they like a lot of the things that they kind of wrap up at the end were, were based on some of the narration in between the scenes they filmed. Yeah. I think they restructured mm-hmm. the movie around coronavirus yeah. being like the common commonality to it without giving away yeah. the end of the movie. Um, yeah. With him going all the way around the world, that whole map quest. Right. Trip <laughs> thing, you know? So, yeah, I like that. I thought it was a fun twist. I thought yeah. it was well done again. Like, I mean, I think I felt like, again, they had more intent and purpose with the satire this time than they did the first time. Like the first time they were kind of just making fun of Americans. This time it was very specific, like what they were going for. I felt like so. there was more of the material in the first one. Like there was more of getting people to say insane, stupid things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But as they say in this one too, like it's Borat. You can't like, you can't fool anyone as Borat anymore. Right. So, yeah. But the actress that plays his daughter was awesome. And I think that yeah. that's where they really laid into that whole idea of, okay, great. We can't get him to do the Borat thing anymore, but we have this other person that nobody's heard of. We can get her to do stuff. And that fucking Giuliani moment yes. is Mwah, gold it's like you are a fucking awful human being and we have it on tape and it's right here i mean we already had plenty of it but like it was a shirt tuck oh uh, yeah shirt, shirt, tuck. shirt tuck my ass yeah he like lays no, back no. on the bed so she can take the microphone off like what yeah i love it when he says why don't you stick to marrying your cousins <laughs> it's like, it's so fucking good um, so that was fun. I think people, if you, if you like the first one, watch it, even if you didn't, it's still, it's, there's some, some good moments in it. Uh, and then I went to the old AMC, uh, still risking my life to go see movies in person. And, uh, I saw the empty man. Was it worth and, it? Uh, I actually enjoyed it. Um, I, I mean, I don't, again, I don't think it's something that people need to go see in the movie theaters, but with the lack of things coming out and I just got my monthly charge of, uh, a list for AMC. I was like, I got to go see something. <laughs> so I chose empty man and uh, I liked it. I don't really like a lot of like, I don't know, suspense horror kind of movies. Um, but I did enjoy this one. I, I like the fact that it had kind of like not no named actors, but like definitely actors. You didn't know their names right off the top of your head. People you'd seen and stuff before. And um, there's a whole like story that happens that le- that isn't the main story that's at the beginning of the film that actually is really good. And I, I thought it was filmed really well. Um, and I got to say, I mean, uh, the last couple nights I've been like, I think the empty man's going to get me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it did the trick. It did the trick. Um, hopefully people will be able to see it on streaming at some point. It's pretty decent. Pretty good. Cool. Alicia, how about you? Well, uh, we finished up Schitt's Creek uh, at the beginning of the week, which was great. You know, love that. Um, I've also been watching Keeping Up with Fargo uh, season four in Kansas City, which is still good. Uh, I feel like I'm finally appreciating Chris Rock a little bit more in his role. I think he's gotten a little bit more um, intense on some stuff. So so I'm, I'm kind of uh, enjoying his acting a little bit more than I was at the beginning. Uh, and then um, I also watched Clue last night, which I always enjoy watching. That's kind of one of my Halloween movies. And just kind of saying the lines along with it. It's kind of I kind of Rocky Horror Picture Show it to a degree. I don't dress up or anything, but I would be Mrs. Peacock. But <laughs> it's always a hoot. And I'm always like, God, I love Eileen Brennan. And God, I miss, miss Madeline Kahn. And like, you know, all these different people that are in it. I'm always uh, just loving that perfect chemistry of these uh, comedians that are basically the whole cast. Yeah, so. our uh, movie riff last week was on The Worst Witch, which has Tim mm-hmm. Curry as the Grand Wizard. He's like the oh boy. the heartthrob <laughs> of the the witching school. Ooh, the heartthrob. Yeah. It, that awesome like 80s Ooh. music video that happens like right in the middle of the movie. Yeah, he basically That's has an ca- extended cameo <laughs> where he just does a music video for the for the school and it's all these like terrible effects and yeah, our the Cinemasochist Facebook page the avatar is a picture of him from that movie with green hair. 
So. Oh my God, I may have to check that out. Oh, it's it's great. It's him and Feruza Balk and yeah. Charlotte Ray and Diana Rigg. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's that sounds interesting. It's it's a very weird British children's TV movie. So. Oh God. Uh, yeah, I will definitely have to check that out. I don't think I will. Uh, um, have a bad experience with that based on what I'm hearing. Um, <laughs> also, I kind of started getting back into the X-Files a little bit. Just watched a couple here uh, this weekend, but kind of want to get back on uh, watching a lot of those. Watched a couple of my favorites when we had some friends over. So watched, uh, I think it's called Darkness Falls from the first season when they're in the forest uh, and the weird prehistoric bugs or something. Uh, and then uh, also watched Home, which is one of my favorite episodes yeah. with, uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with that, with the, the Peacock family. It all comes back to Peacock. The Peacock <laughs> yeah. family that inbreeds and, uh, and you know, and it was too crazy to show again for years and years when it was syndicated. They wouldn't show that episode again, but uh, that's always been one of my favorites. So, yeah, really want to watch some more episodes of that, I think, in the coming weeks, especially with the, the time of year we're in and... Uh, yeah, I got a few more favorites I want to watch as well, I think, on that and get into some of the mythology episodes, too. Cool. Josh, how about you? Yeah. Uh, what's funny, I, a friend of mine and I have started an episode one rewatch of X-Files. Um, so we're doing one a week, so we should be done in yeah. 2024, I think. All yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, just taking it <laughs> slow. Uh, by the way, uh, Aaron, you asked who directed Dr. Sleep. It's the guy that directs uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor. It's Mike Flanagan. Um, oh, how funny. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, a little, little bit of trivia for everybody. Uh, but uh, uh, so I've been watching. Well, I was trying to do 31 horror movies. And then uh, due to some personal stuff, I got really far behind and just decided screw it for this year. Uh, but I got 16 done before I, I gave up, um, including some top shelf schlock like uh, Scream Bloody Murder, <laughs> uh, Messiah of Evil. Um, when a stranger calls, uh, happy birthday to me. And, uh, oh, a great one called The Manipulator with, um, Mickey Rooney. Uh, it's a three hander and, uh, he, uh, kidnaps a lady and forces her to be in a stage production that only he can see. And he plays all the other parts and the director. Uh, it's insane. Uh, it's very hard to watch, but, uh, the manipulator, if you ever are altered in any way and want to see a good movie, um, yeah, yeah. Check that out. If you're a big fan uh, of him and breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, I think so. Uh, oh God. But, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, Bly Manor, I made it through about three episodes. I'm going to probably finish it, but it's not compelling me like, um, haunting a Hill house. Um, Oh, oh, and uh, another trivia tidbit: the Halloween Highway bit that was in the new Borat movie—that's uh, that's my town. That's where I live. Um, oh, yeah. I think they made it implied it that it was in Texas, but uh, it's actually in Greenville, South Carolina. So, yeah, they moved from like Texas over to South Carolina, North Carolina, kind of like they're headed towards DC, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And there's some stuff in a church that they filmed around here. I haven't seen it yet, but I've just, the local paper is like, yay for Borat. And I was like, have you watched it yet? Because it's probably not, yeah. <laughs> making fun of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was a scene from Bruno that was filmed in Kansas City, so. Oh, nice. Uh, did he make Kansas Cityans look? Uh, uh, no, Kansas City did. does not want to claim that scene. Uh, was that, it's the, was that the wrestling scene? No, no that that was in Texarkana, Arkansas. <laughs> oh yeah, the Bruno scene in Kansas City is the one where uh, he has room service come up to his room, mm. and he's having like crazy sex with the guy. That happened at the Hotel Phillips in downtown Kansas City. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Anything else, Josh? Anyway, that's it for me. Well, um, I've got, uh, <laughs> we already talked about Borat. I watched that as well. Um, I've watched the first half of the final season of Homeland, which has been out for a long time now, but uh, I'm just getting around to watching it. 
And then I watched the uh, the first two, and so far the only two available of four episodes of uh, a documentary series called Seduced Inside the Nexium Cult. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Which is a I thought stars. you were going to say Seduce and Destroy, but that's just because we watched Mar- Magnolia not that long ago. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Nexium. If, yeah, it's, I mean, Nexium is probably worse than than Tom Cruise in, uh, in Magnolia. But, uh, yeah. Enjoyable, interesting, um, not enjoyable in like a, you know, Oh, light entertainment, but in more of a, that's completely fucked up. And I'm, yeah, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Um, kind of way. A, cu- a couple weeks ago, we did a outside improv show and someone gave us the suggestion of volleyball and our entire show became about Nexium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could not. It's just it, the volleyball stuff. It just takes me right back to Keith Raniere. Man, yeah. And I, I don't know. There was like two compete. Like HBO did a documentary on them. That, the Vow. Yeah, that I've heard nothing but bad things about. That it wasn't a very good at all. And there's a second season. I don't like why. Yeah. Um, but the one on Stars yeah. is is pretty good. So. Um. I got through the first two. The uh, the next two come out Sunday and Monday this week. So I'll be I'll be almost done by the time we record again. So um, that was it for me. Um, Aaron suggested that we watch uh, this movie, Picnic at Hanging Rock. Um, had anyone besides Aaron seen it before? Alicia's raising her hand. I have. Josh is not. I have. Josh, what do you think of it? Yeah, I, I said I had. Uh, actually, I have a insane story to tell, if you don't mind. Um, so, on our audio podcast, I don't know, man. <laughs> man. <laughs> um, so, I, I watched it 12 years ago, maybe, uh, or so for the first time. Uh-huh. And I clearly, clearly remember a scene where the girls go through a magical portal into another dimension. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. What? What were yeah, you smoking? Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I even looked back at old Facebook posts I'd done during that time. Okay, so here's the thing. It's possible there, that bold. that happened. Well, okay, let me... So, I... I look back and it said like, boy, things got zany at the second half of that movie. And everybody's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So uh, I went looking online, though, uh, after I rewatched it this weekend, and I cannot find a trace except for there's a missing chapter of the book that actually has that in it. But it was never filmed, apparently. So... (laughs) I must have slipped into an alternate dimension myself where yeah. it was filmed. Like, please, Dale, if you know that this footage exists somewhere, please help well, me not feel I was, insane. I was going to say the only the only possibility that I can think of is that you may have seen the director's cut. Um, right. Which is not what I watched on HBO um and what's widely available and i i guess the director's cut is actually shorter than the regular exactly. version yeah oh thank so, god why didn't we watch that one <laughs> so i don't know if uh uh there was something different was shown in that that he just had to get in there or i looked it up and it's i mean there are differences but there's no they, scene of they never the girls. that scene so <laughs> no so i don't know what the hell's going on i feel like i'm kind of insane but um are you confusing I, I st- it with that andy samberg movie <laughs> the, the palm springs <laughs> yeah uh yeah maybe so i don't know but uh anyway the actual movie itself though um i would like to say of the australian movies that aaron has recommended <laughs> i like this one god Damn it! Much better <laughs> than the dressmaker. Than di- yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I actually I do like this. Some friends of mine saw it and hated it, um, just because they felt like nothing was going on in it. Um, I feel like uh, there's of course some important stuff about colonialism and uh, you know 
the the whole English encroaching on the Australian way of life. Um, I did like. I did like how kind of crazy it got at the end, even without magical portals or anything. Um, with the, <laughs> the twist about Birdie and um, Anna. Uh, Sarah. Uh, and uh, which I watched a lot of videos about it, trying to find that missing scene. And nobody ever mentions that as like uh, a plot point in the movie. The twist um, about Birdie and what? And Sarah. Yeah. The, being siblings. They're being siblings. Yeah. And being so close to each other that whole time and just. Well, and she, like, of fate. she like whispers something at the beginning of the movie and he has a dream about it right that he talks about at the end of the movie so yeah and i thought oh well that's a really cool little you know twist to the whole thing that if certain decisions had been made differently then she might have actually seen him at some point in the movie if she had um, decided to walk with the girls that went off or had gone or at a- all it had been allowed to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, but she was too much wild Australia and not enough proper British. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I like this a lot better the second time um, around, even without the wacky sci-fi elements that uh, that, that you made uh, distracted me the first time. Yeah. But did, did you watch it? altered in any way <laughs> i don't i don't do anything like that that's the thing my friend rick thought that maybe i fell asleep and came up with a better ending than the one that was in the movie um but well, I, if it makes you if you makes you feel any better like i grew up thinking that close encounters of the third kind ended with him walking around on the spaceship meeting all the aliens and <laughs> and i thought there was this version out there where the, all this happened i was like I, there must be like an extended cut, and I think they did a director's cut later, and it still wasn't on there. <laughs> so I don't know if I saw some bizarre shit or I was <laughs> dreaming of it as a little kid One of those or what. Berenstein Bears moments, right? right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Nelson Mandela. Yeah, yeah. So I believe you, Josh. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Nathan. I don't, I don't feel so crazy now. Yeah. Alicia, let's throw it to you. You've seen it before. What did you think? Oh, so we're we're hitting the people who've seen it before first. This is interesting. Uh, I I'm with Josh in that I liked it better the second time. When uh, Aaron said we were watching it, I was like, "Whoo, okay." I, I kind of felt like the Gene Dillman discussion. I was like, "Oh, okay," because I felt like that was kind of tough to get through the first time. And in my memory, it was like two and a half to three hours long, which it's not. <laughs> it's not even two hours if I remember right. So. It's it's not really that long. I think I appreciate it a lot more this time because I knew plot-wise it wasn't really going to move forward much. It was just <laughs> looking at these people. And so I think because I knew it wasn't really going to go anywhere, I was like, okay, let's just look at the people, you know, and let's kind of examine that a little bit more this time and and uh, kind of see how he's, he's treating everybody. Uh, I felt like it was kind of like when we were watching it, we had made a comment to each other that it was a little, you know, now since it's come out, it kind of reminded us of the Virgin Suicides a little bit. Mm, So we were talking. Yeah, we were talking about that a little bit. And I kind of felt like it was like a little of that uh, mixed with a little merchant and ivory happening. Uh, mixed with like a little almost uh, David Lynchy. I kind of felt like the Showtime limited series where you had that weird pulsing sound happening all the time with that weird hole or whatever. I felt like that's kind of what was going on with it whenever they were by Hanging Rock and like the camera's shaking and you hear this pulsing sound. And uh, and then I felt a little bit, I, I, the soundtrack kind of reminded me of, and I may not say his name right, Vangelis or Vangelis. Oh, like Vangelis. I felt like I was, yeah, like I was watching Chariots of Fire a little bit, which is kind of that look of a film or um, or they're, you know, putting up a barn in, in uh, Witness or something, you know. So I kind of felt like it was like a blend of all these different things happening that, although this one happened i think before all those other films i just mentioned so obviously it's the originator of all those strange things that happen later but but um yeah i liked it i liked um you know seeing uh jackie weaver i kept waiting for her to pop up because mm. i saw her in the credits and i'd forgotten she was in that because i don't think i knew her as well when i saw it the first time and she doesn't have a very big part but she's kind of an interesting uh person they've inserted into to the film in that role and uh yeah, I mean, I, I definitely liked it better. I can't say that I'm going to watch it again in the next couple years, but I think it was kind of an interesting thing to think about, and I did think about it quite a bit after I watched it and uh, kind of how they shot it and 
thinking about the different characters and what, you know, what symbolism is there? And then am I reading too much into the symbolism? Because that's the thing about it. It just leaves you to ponder all this stuff and, and give it your own meaning, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Nathan. Okay. So I haven't seen it or I hadn't seen it. Right. Um, and I immediately, when I was watching it, I don't know if I, if maybe something Alicia had said about it or told me about it, or maybe just something I had read at some point had clued me in, but I immediately knew that this was going to be kind of like, just from watching the very beginning, something where I wasn't necessarily going to expect to have like resolution out of it. So I kind of just took it for what it was and really enjoyed it. I definitely think it's one of those that's going to require at least for me, it's going to require probably three or four viewings before I fully wrap my marbles around what what all is happening there, because um, it's it's just so trippy. Most of it, um, the the random shit the girls are saying before they get missing. I mean, it was just it was just kind of all over the map, and I was processing one thing while the next girl was saying the next thing, and I was like, wow, this is pretty thick, <laughs> thick with dialogue. Um, so you're saying it was and- really fast paced and. No, 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 no. I mean, it's just, there's just a lot going on. I mean, it's, it's not, um, it's not subtle. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I'm throwing a joke out there because the movie is not fast at any way, shape or form. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, um, I mean, I definitely, I was distracted a little bit by, we were talking, Alicia was talking about the music. Um, to me, it sounded like a cross between, um, the Karate Kid two pan flute yeah. and uh, and Beethoven and Be- well Beethoven but uh, yeah. Ayers uh, scoring of the Virgin Suicide which was pr- obviously like pretty much done dra- directly off of this thing so um, if you ever listen to that album it's pretty great but so I was distracted by that through a lot of the movie quite honestly there's also uh, um, there's like a, a chord modulation that they use a lot in the soundtrack that yes. is like it sounds like a chord modulation in the Genesis song Firth of Fifth, which predated yeah. the movie. And I kept hearing was, that over and over again. And I was like There's like a chorusy thing that they're kind of playing with on yeah. a, like a like a synthesizer. And I think that's really Genesis does it and I think uh, Pink Floyd does it on some of their weirder stuff, like uh, Adam Hart Mother. Um, so, and it, honestly, I'm a huge fan of that weird long song on Adam Hart mother. So this kind of fit right in with that, honestly, um, is just being kind of like a mood piece almost. And I really enjoyed it for that. Um, so that's kind of my take. Okay. Zach, have at it. Um, (laughs) no, thank you. That's what I thought. I did not. I did not like this. I struggled and then I lost interest three fourths of the way after the film when the kid starts crawling up the rock and I'm like, get up and walk, you idiot. <laughs> um, Aaron, if you suggest another Australian movie, I'm out. <laughs> Are you the the Irma of the group, I guess? Yeah, that's me. Stop I'm, compl- complaining, I'm a complainer. Irma. I'm gonna lay down. I don't feel good. Uh, hey, I'm, Irma I'm all of those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's, that's gonna be me. Yeah. Irma, Irma did make it home alive. It was yeah. uh, Edith oh, was the Edith complainer. Was yeah. the complainer? Yeah, Irma the, gets rescued. Oh, Edith. That's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Wrong what, one. What was it? They call her the 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 squat the squat one squatty squatty one. <laughs> oh, when they're like crossing that. the stream. Yeah, yeah. She, she doesn't want to get her boots wet, no. but she does anyway because she's squatty. i didn't make the movie i'm just saying that's what happens um i get like i i get i get a lot of what people are saying and looking at like the colonialism and the characters and the odd dialogue and all of that stuff i just it didn't come together enough for me i think to to feign interest in, in in it too much um not to say that you know i'm happy that other people enjoyed it um but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, there were some moments, and like out of nowhere, she, the Sarah, kills herself, and I'm just like, all right, so don't go back to the orphanage. I, I don't think you gotta kill yourself. Like you can run away. I mean, and then the guy comes like, like who is that guy? Like They're apparently the there's, back. Where's there's she a, gonna go? Yeah, there's a there's a green like a greenhouse keeper now, and there's a greenhouse, and I don't know. It, there was just a lot of things. The greenhouse was set up earlier. Yeah, yeah. I, the, I the stopped paying attention move. at that point. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I stopped paying attention at that point. It was Chekhov's greenhouse. It was like <laughs> yeah. a random, like, we're Gotta here and now we're over here. That's right. <laughs> and then there was the whole, like, Madeline thing where they're, like, all the girls dressed like Madeline from Paris or whatever that cartoon is or whatever. Yeah. Uh, too many too many corsets. I mean, I like corsets, but too many corsets. Um, but then people are losing their corsets and no one knows where they go. That's true, right? I don't and then they like they bring that up and then nothing happens because mm-hmm. of it. Like, why would you put it in the movie if it's not important? Cuz it's important to the audience. I know. I did like that cop guy though. I thought he was great. The he wore a full cop suit with the hat out in the blazing outback yeah. sun. Uh, really appreciated that. Um, and then they use like two different types of dogs because like the first types of dogs didn't work. So now they got to get bloodhounds. It's got sniffer panties to get the scent or something. So, yeah. um, I mean, I mean, there's value in everything that happened. I just didn't see any for myself. <laughs> but I, Zach, I totally understand where you're coming from, though, because like I said, the first time I saw it, I didn't think I would. This would be something I'd ever watch again. So if Aaron wouldn't have picked it, I wouldn't have watched it a second time, probably, mm-hmm. unless I just really wanted to watch it years later, just out of curiosity. But because I kind of had that same feeling, I was like, God, like I am so bored. <laughs> but I think it's because I kept waiting for something more to happen. Sure. And this time, since I, you know, I already knew nothing was going to happen in that way that I was expecting. I just, I just was like, all right, let's just, let's just watch what they did. Let's just see what they did. And so I think that made a difference the second time. That's good. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I'm not recommending you watch it again right now. Oh but, no. You know, Zach, maybe Zach someday. is a heathen. <laughs> Zach is a heathen and he doesn't like anything that doesn't have infinity stones in it. Oh, brother. Yeah. He's going to probably come back and hate The Shining. The oh, he no, he probably won't. will. Uh, no, I think I'll like, I feel like I'll like that, but yeah. I, yeah. Um, for me, um, I, I'm pretty much with Zach. I think I can elaborate a little bit further than that. Um, but, but pretty much, uh, I'm on the on the page of uh, this was uh, not a lot of of story or information in a two hour package. Um, I paused the movie at one point because I was just like starting to starting to be like this. This is just going on forever. I can't handle it. And I was like almost 13 minutes in, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which didn't bode well. Um. Yeah, I, you know, watching the kind of slow build of them just kind of get ready at the beginning of the movie and talking to each other and reading poetry to each other and all of that. It was like, okay, I get it. Like, we're getting to know these characters. We're setting a mood. Um, we're, we're establishing the time and the period and all of that sort of stuff. And, you know, I didn't know anything about this movie besides that, uh, it just watched listed it as a mystery drama. Um, Hmm. And so I was expecting there to be a mystery. Now I've also been binge watching (laughs) the David Suchet, Hercule Poirot series, Poirot. And that's, you know, 50 to a hundred minute dramas that are all mysteries and they solve them at the end of the, story and it's a mystery the slowest of those stretch to two hours would not be as slow as this movie was um (laughs) so i can see that you know if you if you go into the movie knowing that maybe it helps a little bit by halfway through the movie i had gone down i'd read everything about it on imdb because i was like you know i'm not like nothing's getting through to me at this point. I'm just waiting around for this, you know, for my time to be done. And um, what did it say on IMDb? Well, like one of the don't was it mixed <laughs> reviews or was it good reviews or so? I mean, the the people that like it say the same things that that you were kind of getting at Alicia, and the people that don't like it are saying kind of the things that Zach is saying about it and that I'm saying about it. Um, it's the biggest thing that I learned from IMDb that really soured me immediately was that it's not based on a true story. Um, oh, really? Interesting. Right. It, it's totally made up. And so I was like, how the fuck do you make a, a, a Coen brothers? This is a true story and not write more 
mystery and more action and twists and turns. Like they could have told the same story with more story, but they don't. They just it just kind of whiles away. Um and and like there's no real suspects. Like you think the the boys that kind of were looking at them from the river or whatever are gonna get uh blamed for it in some way or or looked at as as rapists or murderers or whatever. That never happens. Um they just sort of inexplicably find the one girl and then that's it. And then that's all that they've, they found out. Um, what somebody wrote about it was that it's, uh, as they're talking more about it from the, the book standpoint where I think the book is probably better representative of this than the movie would be, but the book is very much about the, the end of an era in that it's set in 1900, which is the last year of the 19th century. A year later, Queen Victoria dies. A year later, we're into the 20th century. Um, the school is very, you know, Victorian and um, cloistered, and society is very regimented. Um, you know, what people wear is very regimented, and how women are supposed to act and all of that sort of stuff. And these are all things that will change with the, the coming years, you know, we'll have world war one will come along and really mix things up for the whole world and, and change a lot of things. And Australia will change. Uh, Australia won't be one giant, uh, at the, in 1900, Australia was one giant, uh, colony. It, you know, it wasn't split in like New South Wales and all the other pieces and provinces that it is today. So that sort of stuff is interesting. I think if you have the historical knowledge to go along with that, that the movie doesn't provide. Um, if they had made this movie as a fake documentary about something that had happened like this and they could go into uh, they could talk about, you know, how Victorian life was different and how Australia was different back then and how things have changed and that sort of stuff. Um, that would have been a much more interesting thing for me to watch rather than the world's slowest police procedural, um, <laughs> you know, and 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 no answers about their fictional story, which is fine. You can have a fictional story that, that ends a mystery that was a mystery, but I felt like, you know, they could have fit like six or seven more plot lines in here. We had all these girls. Maybe they had other stuff going on. Um, maybe there's something going on with, with the police. Uh, we have a couple of scenes where like, what is it? The, I forget what the the guy's occupation is, but he's like sleeping with the maid in the house. He's the gardener, I think, isn't he? Oh, or the driver. The driver. Or something? Yeah. driver. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's the, is it the same driver as the one that takes them to. No, because that no. guy had like a mustache. Uh, no, the one that took him uh, was Mister Whitehead. Um, okay. I mean, I just yeah. Like that was unclear to me, but like they were having conversations and it was like, oh, this is interesting. Like, you know, is the maid going to get found out? Is that going to be a shocking thing? And then sort of late in the movie, we have this whole, uh, you know, the, the principal is more concerned about the future of the school after the scandal um, than anything else. And then in the postscript, it tells us that she killed herself at Hanging Rock so, like, more things that could have happened in the movie <laughs> that would have been interesting. Um, and the uh, the opening text that tells you what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't get there for half an hour. They, they don't get to Hanging Rock until, like, half an hour into the, into the two-hour movie. And so you're like, okay. Like, and so you're... you're you're braced for this mystery, this, this, you know, Oh, keep, you know, pay attention, see what people are doing. So you could figure out, 
you know, who was doing what to who and when and where. And it's like, no, if they didn't have to do that, they could have left that text off. And then the movie could have explained those things to you through visuals and sound. And instead, it's just a wall of text that doesn't come into play for half an hour. So it's, I, I, um, I'll just go on record. I will not. Uh, I, I like to never say never. I will seldom watch this movie again. <laughs> um, but I think this deserves, if nothing else, uh, a what the fuck, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aaron. Man, like, I'm sorry that y'all are a bunch of Philistines. Uh, <laughs> this This... So I got introduced to this movie, um, gosh, 2007. I, I was watching a TV show called The Leftovers, oh, which yeah, was a great. fantastic show. With all kinds and, of plot and story and things <laughs> happening. And Well, uh, Damon Lindelof was the creator of that show, and he said that... Uh, what he used as inspiration and basis for that show was Picnic at Hanging Rock. Hmm. So I went and looked for this movie and watched it. And the first time I watched it, I was like, man, what the hell was that? Um, It was... You got the connections immediately, right? It was like just a no, like you you the watch leftovers. it and and it introduces this uh, this mystery. These people disappeared, and they were like, was it an alien abduction? Because they start saying some really weird shit before they disappear. Like, what are these humans doing at the base of the rock? Like, what, who says that? And then they just disappear. Um, and then, you know, it, it's heavily implied towards the end, at least in my opinion, that Miss Appleyard, the headmistress, uh, very possibly killed Sarah. Um, uh, I don't know if I agree with that, but go ahead. Well, the reason I say that is she, um, she tells... Uh, Mademoiselle de Poitier that uh, Sarah was picked up by her guardian and then she all of a sudden switches over to um, mourning clothes of mourning and Mr. Whitehead comes in and says they found Sarah's body in the greenhouse and it looks like suicide she is not shocked at all she grabs her shit, leaves, and then she's dead at Hanging Rock. Um, so to me, it seemed like she murdered Sarah. I uh, think she could have maybe not murdered Sarah, but definitely she knew something. She, she, she yeah. knew, she knew she was dead. Herself, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's it, how I it was. It, it yeah. was just like well. some very strange things, and then the movie just ends, and. And so I, I was like, oh, my God, is there a sequel to this? And, um, <laughs> I, I, Still I found so many unanswered I, questions. This is the new Netflix Unsolved Mysteries. I found have this on there with a phone number at the end. If you know well, more information you watch, about the plot. Yeah. Did you watch call. the six episode Natalie Dormer version? I have not watched it yet. Oh, I've got it on my list. And Are I know you, you would have loved now? this more if Natalie Dormer was in it, Dale. But um, I <laughs> I found the secret at Hanging Rock, which is the missing chapter that they cut out, um, which is bullshit about like time paradoxes and, and wormholes and all kinds of shit like that. It was insane. Um, and so I, I was like, well, what the hell Did they just end it like that? So I went back and I watched it again and I was just, I was caught up in how oppressive the movie makes you feel like how oppressed 
Like, I just, I completely felt like this movie was beating me down the entire time. And then it's just over, and it's just like, fuck. What was that? <laughs> it, it, it was... It was very like impressive to me how how much the movie like made made me feel different emotions throughout. Um, and so I thought I thought y'all might like it, except for Zach. I knew that was a, a lost car. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you're definitely on the hook for watching Nathan's movie next week. Oh, am I? Oh, my God. I? I don't know if I have the time, man. You're like, going to have to find that's it. That's a couple weeks. That's like centennial yeah. length. Yeah, if Aaron doesn't like it, then I think my dreams are pretty much shot. No one's going to like it. Oh, man. I I like, no, all, I haven't seen I it. like all kinds of fun things. Uh, but, like, <laughs> yeah, clearly. I did, we're going to need... Hey. Yeah. We're gonna dressmaker very fast was pace, good. Though, I think after that, Dr- dressmaker was good. You're just a heathen. <laughs> so to sum up, so you watched a movie that you found really oppressive, and at the end of it, you feel like what the fuck, and you decided, hey, let me share this <laughs> <laughs> and watch it again. Did did I do this for y'all? Yes, I did. I did this for y'all. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wanted y'all to uh, appreciate Australia. <laughs> literally, literally everything in Australia is trying to kill you. Listen, and this movie is up, one of those things. I just looked up on Google images of Hanging Rock. It looks nothing like what they shot. It's a oh, giant no. lake with a couple of rocks. So I can appreciate a good time out in the woods. But what they filmed was uh, w- was a step away from a 70s porno. They just hey, forgot all the fucking. That, this <laughs> oh movie God. was literally filmed at Hanging Rock. So what were you looking at? Maybe the portal opened and, it, and a lake <laughs> appeared. Swallowed it up. Clearly. Clearly. Uh, that's what? That's 40, 45 years difference or whatever? I can't do math, but uh, I'm sure things have changed. <laughs> it's a rock. <laughs> that it is nathan touche touche been there for a million <laughs> years according to the movie no at first I, when i first saw that scene where they're all like doing each other's corsets up i'm like okay i see where this is going oh, this God. is uh yeah and then it that's not where it went but yeah maybe Y'all, that's the natalie dormer version yeah you guys into that. it is it's it is not, most definitely it's not oh, did be you watch natalie some dormer of the version. natalie dormer I looked, I did not, I didn't watch it. I looked into it a little bit further and, um, she plays, uh, she plays the the teacher that comes back. She plays the headmistress. She plays the headmistress. Mm -hmm. That's even less intriguing to me then. (laughs) She, she plays Mrs. Appleyard. Yeah. Great. So she plays that role. Um, (laughs) And, you know, I think that, like, it's possible. Like, I could see where, if you follow me on this, like, a uh, American Horror Story-style retelling of this over six episodes could be done really well, where they take that character and just ramp her up and just make her evil incarnate for the entire running time. That would be a cool way of telling the story. You know, where she's manipulating everyone around her and and trying to, like, keep money. And she's sort of this uh, Miss Hannigan-style character that's, like, taking all of the the money from the, the student's parents and not spending it on what she's supposed to be spending it on or whatever. Um, that all could be interesting. Um, she seems way too young for that role. That... that that part of it's weird to me. Like I thought she was just going to be one of the teachers, but for her to be the headmistress and I don't know, like in this, the headmistress was like 60 or something. So I have a version too, Dale, and I promise it's not disgusting. So (laughs) 
<laughs> I know, I know. There, thumbs down. Thank you, Aaron, uh, for all the listeners uh, who can't hear thumbs down. Um, I actually like what Josh had to say earlier about the whole like, connection between the two orphans. So, like, why not have, I, obviously it's based off of a novel, but, like, why not have Sarah go to Hanging Rock? Maybe the intent is that she knows that Hanging Rock is an evil place and she knows that perhaps some of the girls might not come back, hoping that Sarah doesn't come back. Sarah gets lost. Uh, the boy goes out to find her. Turns out Birdie's the one that ends up finding her and finds his long lost sister from the orphanage. And then like, maybe there's some other sci-fi shit in there or whatever, but <laughs> like have a point, have a purpose, right? Like have a story. I don't know. That just seems more fun to me. Well, they could be, I mean, it wouldn't even have to be Sarah specifically. They could have developed one of the other characters that goes missing. They could have developed um, Edith or somebody and had some kind of, scandalous thing that she was trying to get away from that's a potential reason for the disappearance there's the the point is there's so many better stories to be told in the <laughs> yeah. medium of film uh, also, why what, this one with, why what was up with the teacher who she's like oh and i started laughing about what, what she was wearing or not wearing or whatever and he's like what's what's so funny and she like couldn't say and then she wasn't wearing any pants or whatever she was just wearing, she wasn't her wearing underwear. Her skirt yeah like yeah. what and then nothing came of that and we're like the last time we see her she's reading trigonometry or something well and the not she's... wearing the skirt thing is where like the police get the idea that there was like rape involved and it's just like and, and the girls were found without their corsets or the one girl that was found was found without her corset is like, she probably took it off. She was out there for fucking weeks. Like they were only allowed to take their white gloves off Dale. That's the (laughs) instructions that were given to them. Um, If you're curious about the, uh, there is a scene that got cut before the end of the movie uh, that tells a little bit more about Miss Appleyard. Um, Okay. So after the scene where she's all in black and she gets her shit and and fucks off, she goes to Hanging Rock and they actually show her go to Hanging Rock and climb up. And of course, it's 10 minutes of her climbing rocks. And then at the very top, Sarah is up there in a nightgown, like beckoning to her. And then the next thing you know is the shot of her body being carried away and saying, oh, she was found dead at the base of Hanging Rock or whatever. So it adds another mystery to the whole thing that also does not get resolved. But uh, Peter Weir decided, let's just stop it like where he stopped it. And I think that's a better choice, actually, than showing that lost scene. Yeah. So I got to say, like the the first time I was watching or the only time I've watched it, but as I was watching it, um, I honestly didn't expect them to ever get off the rock for the sake of the movie. Like I, I honestly figured the whole movie was going to be this picnic at hanging rock. So when sure. the girls round the corner and it cuts to the next scene and the guys in the carriage saying, Oh, there are still people up there. I was totally shocked. Like I was expecting because the way it was going, it was like everybody up there was on a bad fucking trip. <laughs> and I thought we were going to continue to see more of the bad fucking trip. And we didn't see any more. And we just got kind of like flashbacks to it. And that was it. So I, I did kind of get surprised by that part. Um, and I kind of wondered, I mean, the first half of the movie, was anybody else wondering, like, what did the girls all eat in common that they were all like <laughs> completely like sabotaged and napping and <laughs> drunk as a skunk or high as hell. I kind of assumed it was like salmon moose or something like that. No, I think it was, I, I think that was supposed to be like their regiment, their day includes like a two o'clock nap, nap for an hour. Really? That's what I kind of gathered. But at the same time, oh. it was so damn trippy. I just was like, it, it, it I was, thought it was the power of the hanging rock. Like, yeah, it was made to make you feel like your stomach was turning watching all this go on but the, with all the, the throbbing French of the rock. The teacher was still awake and reading her, her trigonometry book. That's true. It was it was yeah. the pure genius genius of their you know Pythagorean theorem love or whatever. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. <laughs> well, then she wanted the British. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. She wanted to calculate the volume of her skirt, so she took it off and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that British couple also fell asleep. The old man and old woman um, yeah. who was there with Bertie and the <laughs> dude whose name I can't remember. Uh, their, um, yeah. What was his name? The nephew. The right? nephew, nephew, right? What's his name? Uh, I can't remember. Aaron, help us. What's his name? 
Oh, uh, which one? Which one? The nephew, the, the guy that finds Irma. Mike. I thought he looked like uh, a young there, Ryan there, O'Neal. Al, Albert is out there, and I think David. Oh. Um, Albert is Albert, Albert, the guy sleeping. Yeah, he's Minnie, the though. one that they find like almost catatonic. Oh. They said I think it was Michael or something. They yeah. said his name Michael. at one Maybe. point because I was Maybe. trying to figure yeah. out which actor it oh, was. Oh yeah, he, he, they did call him Michael because the other guy was calling after Michael. Oh yeah, <laughs> or Cooey. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Cooey. Yeah. Is that a thing in Australia? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Peter Weir though uh, also did Gallipoli, which is a really good movie. If you guys that want, is good. yeah, a World War One Mel Gibson movie. Um, Zach, I think you would like it a little bit more. He's kind of all, all right. over the place. I feel yeah. like on his movies, Dead Poet Society. Uh, he did some weird kind of comic stuff, and then didn't he do Master and Commander? Not. Oh, I guess yeah. it was a while ago now, but I don't know what he's done lately, or if I think he's still alive. Is he still alive? Yeah. No, um, he threw himself yes. off of Hanging yes. Rock. He did. <laughs> he did. No, he disappeared. No hole. one knows what happened to him. He did Master and Commander, The Truman Show. Oh, Truman Show, yeah. Dead so Poet Society and Very Witness. different movies, some of them. There, oh, yeah. So. A lot of ones that I do like, but yet this one stands... This alone. one from 1975 is, before he did good movies. Um, is this his first movie? <laughs> oh, what it was, what, or is yeah. it was his first? Okay, yeah. And it's obviously like adapted from the book, like right. It's not like he rewrote it. Um, he directed it, and he directed it well. It's well directed. It's well acted. There's just it's pretty nothing there. So, <laughs> um, uh, Nathan, it is your turn to suggest a movie for us to watch. What would you like for us to watch? Well, I know I'm going to keep you guys hanging on the edge of your seat with this one. Um, but it's a movie called Gene Dillman and something, 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 and Brussels. Ad- in an address. In an address in Brussels. <laughs> um, it's it's going to be a long one, guys. I'm going to be honest. This is a three and a half hour movie. Uh, this is one that you're going to have to bring your patience hat with. Because um, it is intentionally drawn out like as far as like how it's presented but it's for a reason i'm sorry i'm already uh, sleeping what's the (laughs) but here's the thing like i saw this movie and it it kind of rocked my socks off like it sounds interesting i I, uh what's the uh the address that that dory keeps remembering to herself and finding nemo yeah. Like 42 Wallaby Way or yeah. whatever, right? Like, yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> P- it's P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for discussing Picnic at Hanging Rock. Thanks, everybody out there for listening. We will see you on the next Deeply Discussing Movie Podcast.